Thanks for checking out the Elevate Student Ministry Podcast. To find out more about us, visit our website at iloveelevate.com. You can also stay up to date with what's going on by finding us on social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. Please consider subscribing to the podcast and sharing it with your friends. We hope you enjoy this message and it brings you closer to Jesus. Let's look at Jeremiah 29 tonight. What is the purpose of Elevate? Why are we here And I want to answer that question as clearly as I can. So I'm going to begin with Jeremiah. This is super popular verses. They're like monogrammed on Bibles and people have tattoos and it's like some great scriptures. But I want to go just a couple more after the super popular one. You ready for this? Jeremiah 29, we're going to begin in 11. You guys can probably quote this, right? All right. It is this. I'll read it for you. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says Yahweh, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and hope. Get this. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. That's good news. Amen? Amen. You call upon me and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Verse 13. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. How beautiful is that? If we're willing to put our our best foot forward, if we're willing to try, God doesn't ask for perfection. He asks for us to try. And I've got more good news for you tonight. Let's take a look at a guy, another super popular story. You guys know the name Zacchaeus, right? Luke chapter 9, verses, we're going to begin in verse 1. Do we have those scriptures? Awesome. All right, Zacchaeus, let's take a look at this guy. Verse 1. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. I find that interesting. Jericho is rebuilt by a king uh, in 1 Kings. I forget which chapter. But there was actually a curse on the person who had rebuilt Jericho after it was taken down by the Lord in Joshua's time. And it's interesting that he's walking through this very significant town and walls are about to come down in a man's life. Verse 2, now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. So we have his name, we have his occupation, we have his economic status. And he sought to see Jesus... He sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So we have the guy, and we have his desire, right? He's this wealthy guy. He's someone who's been cheating his own people for a long time now. People hated him because he ripped them off. The government would say, collect 100 bucks. He'd collect 130 and pocket 30. But from his own people, people hated him. He was on a mission. He wanted to see who this Jesus guy was, but he had a problem. The crowd was too thick and that they were too tall. So what's he do next? You already know. Let's keep reading. Verse four. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. I want to point out something before we move on. He found a solution. He ran ahead of the crowd and climbed a tree. Guys, When it comes to your relationship with Jesus, are you in the crowd or are you in the tree? Like, let that sink for a second. Way too often, we get wrapped up into the casual Christian Wednesday, Sunday, whatever. Oh, it's our time to raise our hands? Okay. I'll put them down now. The chorus is over. And we start getting into this flow. Instead of living a life of seeking Jesus, of being intentional, of going out of our way, doing whatever it takes to see the face of God, we end up in this routine following the Christian crowd. Are you in the crowd or are you in the tree? Because Zacchaeus saw a solution, and that was get ahead of everybody else 
and climb a tree because Jesus was worth it. We're going to have to go beyond the casual Christian crowd. All right, 19 verse 5, you ready? And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must. I find that interesting. Not like, hey, I had a great idea off the top of my head. I must stay at your house. And Zacchaeus is obedient. Let's keep reading. So he made haste and came down. He was obedient. And he received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Y'all who are new to Elevate, those of you who have been here for a long time, here's a hard word, but it's true. Please accept it. You cannot be a Christian unless you're going to love the unlovable. That's like black and white. You love Jesus and you love people. Who people? You know that guy that culturally you shouldn't like at all, that's beaten on the side of the road, that guy, you go out of your way. You love everybody. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, so this is Zacchaeus' response. Everybody's like, what are you doing hanging out with this sinner? And Zacchaeus goes, whoa, hold on, hold on. Heart change. Lord, I give half my goods to the poor, and if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I will restore it fourfold. I don't know if you've ever done the math on this. Let's say Zacchaeus had $10, right? Let's say he was going to restore fourfold and then give half to the poor. So if he took a dollar, right, and he restored it fourfold, that leaves him six, and then he gives half, so he has $3 left in his pocket. Did you ever think about it the other way around? If he gives a half, he, he's left with five, and then if he restores the one, he's left with one. It's interesting, just even the order of things. It's so selfless. And Jesus said to him, Jesus confirms, Zacchaeus had a heart change, and it became a lifestyle change. And Jesus even confirms it. And Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house because he is also a son of Abraham. Uh, so rich, there was restoration, or there was repentance, and there was restoration. Zacchaeus not only had a heart change, but he had a change of actions as well. We cannot claim to be the people of God unless we're going to act like Jesus acted. We can't be Christians unless we're going to act like Christ. It's Christianity 101. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, we reject what is wrong and we do what is right. I don't know why that's so hard. We suddenly begin to handle conversations with people differently, and we begin to reject gossip. We begin to reject the kind of humor that puts somebody else in jeopardy. We begin to look for opportunities to bless people, even if they're the kind of people that we have hard times being around. We begin to reject what is evil and begin to cling and pursue what is right. And this is something I didn't catch until I was preparing for this. Verse 10. Jesus is still talking, and he said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man, don't miss this, has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Anyone catch it? Zacchaeus thought he was seeking Jesus, but Jesus woke up that morning seeking him. Does anybody catch that? That's rich. See, we come to elevate. Here's our purpose. We're coming to make disciples at Elevate by putting you guys into a structure where you can seek Jesus and elevate Jesus. But the good news is, is that when you come to seek Jesus, he has already been looking for you. He has already been reaching out to you. It's through his Holy Spirit that you're here tonight. You're not here by accident. You're not here because someone made you be here. 
It might feel that way. But our sovereign God has been falling the dominoes so that you can hear the word tonight. Zacchaeus thought he was climbing a tree to see Jesus, but Jesus had him in his scope from a long way out. Zacchaeus couldn't see over the crowd, but Jesus could see his heart, and he was after him. So I want to look back into the Old Testament again. Please don't miss this. We do not find Jesus. It is Jesus who makes the first move. He's the one seeking us. He is also the means of how we find him. He was the sacrifice at the cross for us. And knowing Jesus is having salvation, he is the way, the truth, and the life. Let's look back, all the way back to Isaiah 55, verse 6 through 7. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Here you go. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon, abundantly forgive. That is good news. Pull close to him. Here's your opportunity. Every time you're at Elevate, and you know what? Every time that you're willing to open up your Bible, every time you're willing to pray, to worship, pull close to the Lord who is near. Because whenever you think that you're seeking him, he's already after you. He's already calling you. Let's go back to Jeremiah 29, 12 and 13. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search me with all your heart. Think about, I've got a three-year-old. He loves playing hide and seek. He thinks it's the best thing to go hide in our pantry and come out and find me wherever I am. And you know what? I have never hid from him in a way that he couldn't find me. I could so easily go climb under the bed, step outside, whatever, and leave him wandering around the house. And you know what's really cute is whenever it takes him a while to find me, he starts going, Daddy, where are you? And I'm just like, come find me. This is awesome. I can't wait till he comes around the corner and his face lights up and I throw him in the air and he risks the ceiling fan. It's awesome. I am never going to put my son into a position that he does not have quick, near access to his dad. When we play hide and seek, I'm always leaving my foot out from under the curtain. We don't have curtains, but you get the idea. I'm always going to be in a place because I want him to find me. I want that moment, that connection, that big smile from my son. Our God, Yahweh, Jesus is the same way. If we'll just try, if we'll just be intentional, he doesn't ask for perfection. He's not looking for us to get everything right or, or understand the whole Bible. He just wants us to try, to show up, to make an attempt, and he will be found. James chapter 4, verse 8. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinner, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Leave behind what is wrong. Pursue what is right, and if you'll be willing to try, if you'll be willing to leave the pantry door and start wandering around, just seeking, just trying, Dad, where are you? Daddy. Oh, man, if we came to a father like that, what kind of heartstrings would we pull on? He will never 
withhold himself from those who are seeking. Draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. And so I'm going to conclude with this. Here is the heart and the purpose of Elevate. This is why we open the doors week after week. This is why we gather here while we worship. And it's this, to make disciples by leading students to seek and elevate Jesus to be just like Zacchaeus, to be willing. This is you right now, tonight. You're running ahead of the crowd and you're climbing. And the beauty is that God is already seeking you, already pulling at you, already saying, come, I've got forgiveness, hope, joy, love, peace, forgiveness. I've done all that it takes for you to be in my kingdom. I've been the sacrifice so that you can have eternal life to make disciples by leading students to seek Jesus. And then get this, God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you so you can be a blessing. We don't just seek Jesus, but when we find him, when we encounter him, when we have a relationship with, with him, we turn around and we elevate Jesus to everyone we lock eyes with. We go outside these doors and we elevate Jesus in our lifestyle, in our words, and in our love. Elevate has values. Seventh graders that are new, everyone who's already been here, Please hear these values because this is, this is my heart. This is the heart of the leaders that we want to cling to as part of this culture. And they're one that this place is absolutely inclusive. There is nobody that Jesus is not reaching to. There is nobody that he doesn't love, that he's not calling us to love and to go a step further to serve. How can we love if we're not serving? How can it be real service unless we're willing to love? This place is an inclusive place. And you know what? If you've ever looked around and said, you know what? I feel like Elevate has gotten clicky. I feel like there's, there's crowds and I'm not in it. Then you be the change. Because this is the culture that Jesus is calling us to be, to be absolutely inclusive, to love everyone who walks in those doors. You know what? God's more concerned with their heart than he is their sin. And he's going to work on their heart first, and then he will clean them up. Don't miss that because so many times we want to be all convicting and condemning of people. But you know what? That's never going to lead them to the cross. But at the cross, there will be a repentance. God wants to pull in their hearts first. So we have to love absolutely 100% inclusively. And so whenever you're walking around, elevate, and you're playing games, and you're just hanging out with your friends, remember to look up. Remember to leave your friends, to stray away from your routine, find somebody else to love. Let nobody be left out of Jesus' love in this place because it's you that he's calling to be that good Samaritan. Number two, worship. We worship with all our hearts here. We worship through music and we worship through hearing the word of God. Number three, we serve. Whether you're on the serve team or not, we're here to serve each other. We just put the seventh graders through this great, weird, goofy thing where they cut up hot dogs and fed each other. Because it's representing that we're serving each other. We're taking care of the other body of Christ. If you see someone in need and you have the ability to meet that need and don't, then you're held accountable. They'll stand before Jesus and Jesus will say, I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you didn't have water. I, I didn't have any clothes and you didn't bring me anything. When? When did I not feed you? It was whenever you didn't do it to the least. This is a place of service of taking care of one another. If somebody has a need and they say, man, I'm stuck. I need a hundred bucks to finish this thing that I need in my life. Well, what we should do, we should pass a ball cap and say, okay, what can we pull together for you? This is the body of Christ. Nobody goes without here. We take care of each other. And number five, discipleship. That is evangelism. And then not only is it evangelism, but it's then teaching them how to live 
as Christians. It's saying, this is how you come to know Jesus, and this is how we walk with Jesus every day. And we need to be doing that for each other through accountability partners, through relationships with your leaders, every day, every week. Those five things, being inclusive, worshiping through word and with music. There's a million ways of worship, but that's what we do here on Wednesdays. We serve each other and we disciple. Build disciples. The purpose of Elevate is to make disciples by leading students to seek Jesus and to elevate Jesus. Just like Zacchaeus. Done with the crowd. It's time to run ahead. It's time to climb. Heavenly Father, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you, Lord, that your word is brought with two different vessels. What a pleasure and an honor. I pray, Lord, that you will prick our hearts, that we will stop being exclusive to our crowds, and we're going to start loving wholeheartedly, start loving you and worshiping you wholeheartedly, serving with everything that we have. And Lord, I pray that we are not stagnant. We are being taught and we are teaching at the same time. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so yes, give God praise. He's awesome. It is an honor and a pleasure. I don't want to like drag it out too much, but the pastor that laid the foundation for what Elevate is, I want to call him up here. He's going to bring the word to you tonight as well. Come on up, Derek Dunn. Man, how are we doing tonight? Good. You, you guys didn't know you were at conference, right? Like we're going all night. It's going all night. You're here. I mean, call your folks. Text them right now and say, we're going all night. It's going to be fun. It's so good to be here with you guys tonight. What a powerful word. Can we just elevate Jesus one more time? Come on. So good. So good. Man, I love what, uh, what God is doing through Pastor Dominic and, and Miss Jackie. Can we just give them a hand? It can just, yeah, so good. Man, love you guys. Love what God's doing here. Uh, you said some kind things, but man, ultimately, this is the Lord's work. And the Lord uses people to do his work. And so tonight, uh, I'm honored to be here. You, had, you, you could have been anywhere in the whole world tonight, but you're right here. And I think God has a plan for that. Like, I don't think God makes mistakes. I think God sets you up for what he wants to do in your life. We surrender to him and we see ourselves being really willing a lot of times. Sometimes we're like standoffish with God, but man, he has his way. And I think he's had his way here tonight. Tonight. So I'm excited to elevate Jesus some more with you. And uh, I hope I can encourage you because here's what I'm up to tonight. I'm, I'm here to recruit you. Like I'm here to rec recruit you to what Pastor Dominic just talked about. So he just he just preached his guts out, guts out to you. And uh, but but I really believe that this can be the most contagious group of students in this area. Uh, man, so many times we put on this wait and see kind of attitude, like wait and see how this thing's going to go before we jump in. But you know what I see tonight? I see a lot of go-getters in this room. I see a lot of people that if you would just, if you would really buy into what he's talking about, you really would change the world. Like, I think so many students totally underestimate what God wants to do in their life. We think we're too young. We think that we don't really have the skill sets. We're kind of shy with people, but statistically, uh, statistics say that if you invited people to come to church with you, over 80% of the people that you invite would come. Man, you're, you're, you're on the winning team. I love what he said about uh, you, you're, you're rejoicing with all eternity. Like, like there's more for you than there are against you. So I'm here to recruit you tonight. I'm here to try to light um, a little bit more of a fire in your heart because I believe that God wants to do something even more powerful through Elevate Student Ministry than he's ever done before. I can already see it. 
So I don't know if you can see it, but sometimes, um, sometimes our eyes have to be, we have to be taken away sometimes to see the growth that takes place. Man, so I haven't been here in about a year. And you know what I saw when I came back? Growth. I saw something amazing happening. I've got some, some tomato plants back home, like that, I'm, like I am such a dad. Uh, and so there's tomato plants growing in the backyard. And when I get back, you know what's gonna happen? I'm gonna, I'm gonna be amazed because they're gonna look so much bigger than when I left. And I'll, it'll just have been like about a week. But that's what happens. God is doing something amazing. He's growing you and it's so powerful. Hey, if you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Psalm chapter one. And uh, I'm gonna preach for about... Um, uh, about 20 minutes. Give me, give me 15, 20 minutes. I've gotten better a lot quicker, and I'm not, I'm not joking. <laughs> Psalm chapter one, read it with me. It says this in verse one, blesses a man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither in all that he does or she does. He or she prospers. I like doing that. I don't, like It's totally unnecessary, girls. I think you get it, but I just like you. I just want you to feel included. That's Psalm chapter one, verse one through three, and that's the type of life I wanna recruit you into tonight. Somebody that's close to Jesus, growing with Jesus, somebody that's recruiting other people, being contagious people, somebody that's prospering in the Lord, somebody that's thriving in the Lord. That's the life God has for you. That's the life God has for Elevate Student Ministry. This thing's gonna continue to grow. You're gonna become contagious, and you're gonna change this city. I'm serious. It's going to happen. He's going to do it through you. Heavenly Father, we thank you that your peace is here. Your grace is here. Lord, you want to you comfort us and include us and bring us in. And then you want to use us to change the world around us. So God, I pray that you would ignite a fire in these students, God, and you would send them out of this place more lit on fire for you than they've ever been. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. amen. Come on, everybody said. Amen. Come on, one more time. Everybody said. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus one more hand clap. Awesome. Hey, look, I want to speak. I want to speak uh, over the next couple of minutes on this thought. Your crew is key. Somebody say your crew is key. Uh, I, I, um, I legit uh, think dad life, hashtag dad life is the best life, hashtag best life. I don't know why I'm doing hashtags, but I thought like I would just be a corny dad. I walked in here and one of my friends today was like, bro, you look like a dad. I'm like, I am a dad and dad life's the best life. But being a dad, part of uh, one of my favorite things in life is my family. I'm going to tell a little story real quick about my family. So I thought I'd give you some reference if you don't know me. Here's my family. These are the beautiful people that I get to do life with. They're my crew. These are my folks. Being a hashtag dad life person, like you have this built-in crew. It's pretty amazing. So that's my, my, my family. And something we love to do as a family is we like to travel. Like uh, we do that a lot. We get in the car. And so just as a frame of reference, this is our car. It's like, uh, I'm not really proving a point about the car. I just want you to have an, a mental picture of our life. Okay. That's my crew. That's what my crew rolls in. Okay. We roll deep in this traverse. All right. And we take trips. So my family's my favorite. Uh, traveling is my favorite, but what's not my favorite is backseat drivers, right? Cause with backseat drivers comes with like, like terrible backseat driving advice. Nobody needs that extra advice. That's like, I'm, I'm driving the steering wheel. Just chill. I'm going to get us there. We're going to be okay. Right. So, um, in, uh, in my life with, I have three backseat drivers, love my wife, but 
you know, she, she's, look, here, here, let me just, let me tell you how to lead your family, men, one day. Like, so a man, we always say, oh, you're the leader of the family. You know how to lead your family really well? You do what your wife says. Everything's going to be really good. Okay, so I love you. I just follow your orders. Let's go in the right direction. But sometimes when I'm driving, like, I don't need the backseat driving advice. And so sometimes the noise comes from backseat drivers. It's the shriek noise, right? When they get frightened, it's like, ah! And then my nerve endings shoot out of the tips of my fingers. And I'm like, what is it? What is it? Please tell me there's not a bee in the car. Because I hate bugs. I hate bees. I don't like them in the car. But, but typically it will be like, no, 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 no. Did you, see, like, did you see the car that was stopping in front of us? I'm like, of course I saw the car stopping in front of us. I saw it. I saw it because, you know, I always see. I drive by myself I, I, all the time. Like, I'm good. I've been driving for 16 years. I got this. Well, uh, the other day um, we were driving and we're, they have these things called roundabouts and I saw one here. So you know what I'm talking about. They have these roundabouts and like, I don't really know how roundabouts work, but I pretend I know what roundabouts, how they work. And so we're coming up to this roundabout and I'm like, oh, I got this, this car. Like, I just think it's like an invitation to race or like to beat somebody to the circle. And like, that's what it is, I think. And so I come up to it. And so I see this car coming, but like... I probably shouldn't have gone. Well, I did go, and and and, and sure enough, the ah! and my my nerve endings shoot out of my fingers, and I'm like, please tell me there's not a bee in the car. But really, what was going on is that my my wife had seen a, another car that I didn't see pulling into the roundabout, and she would not have shrieked, and she would not have have warned me. Man, I would not have like slammed on my brakes, and we would have gotten in a wreck. And here's the reason I'm telling this story is that sometimes there are blind spots in your life that. Only your crew can see. Sometimes there are things in your life elevate that only the people around you can see. And here's the deal. God designed it that way. And, and, and I want to encourage you tonight that God did not call you to live a life alone. Part of Elevate is so that you've got built-in people who are here to encourage you. Yeah, we want this thing to be evangelistic, but we want you to lean in to the reality that God has called you to live life together. People are lonely. People are real lonely, like weird lonely. And I'm not trying to make a joke about it, but it's just true. Like in the UK, in Britain, they just, uh, they hired a minister of loneliness, like gave somebody a job because people are lonely. And like, you go give people hugs and teddy bears. You just go love on them. Like, I don't know how much that guy gets paid, but I'd love to see what his job description is and like how much they pay him. The government pays somebody because there's a loneliness and they're like, you go do that. People are lonely here. There was a, a study that showed over half of people say that they're lonely and it affects people 16 to 24 the most. People are lonely, but God did not call us to live life alone. God has given us a way out of loneliness. You don't have to live life alone, but here's what I want you to catch. And this is so important. And I love the heart of tonight because we got new seventh graders in here. We got old, older students in here. God is calling you guys to be together, to find a crew, because here's what God knows. In order to unlock the full potential God has for you, you need to lock arms with a crew that God has for you. You know what I saw when I walked in here tonight? I saw a bunch of people that need each other. And if you read your Bible, it, God's showing us that you have each other. God wants you to know that you can lock arms with the people around you and your life will be better, but also people around you will become better when you lock arms. God didn't call you to live your life alone. He's called you to live your life with other people. And so uh, towards that thought, I, I have a few things to say. I want to say four things that, that point to that thought. The first thing is this. God created you to need a crew. God created you to need an e-group. 
God created you to need a squad, whatever word. God created you for community. I don't know what churchy word you, I like crew. I don't know why, it doesn't matter. But like, God created you to need a crew. And let me, let me you already know this, right? You already know you need a crew because of two things, comedy and food. Comedy? Yes, comedy. Because you know in the middle of the night when you're watching Netflix and you're watching a, a, a funny movie or a comedian, I like to watch comedians, you know that like, you're like, <laughs> so funny. but really what you would like to be doing is hanging out with somebody going like, <laughs> You want to be laughing so hard because it's so much more fun to laugh with somebody. It's just better to laugh with somebody. And you also know you don't like to eat at a restaurant alone unless you just, you haven't figured out the crew thing yet. But like, I think, I think you like, you like to eat at a restaurant with people because here's what you do when you're lonely and you're eating. You know what you do? You take pictures of your food and you post it all over social media and gross me out. Stop taking pictures of your food. Just bring somebody with you and eat your food with somebody and be like, look at my food. Look at it. Doesn't it look nice? Maybe they want to take a picture of it, but please don't take a picture of your food and post it on social media for me to see and throw up. I don't want to see that. I love you, though. If you post food, that's okay. But, but you, were, you were created to need a crew. You see, Jesus came to restore your relationship with God, Elevate. But he also came to restore your relationship with people. Let me say that again so you get it before you leave here tonight. Jesus came to restore your relationship with God. He came to bring you back together with God. But he also came so that you would not live a life of loneliness. He came so that you would be restored to other people that happen to be God's creation. There's a gospel writer named Luke, and he wrote a bunch of stories about Jesus. And there's this story about Jesus in the book of Luke chapter 6, where uh, the gospel writer Luke is, is telling about this sermon that Jesus is about to preach. And it's called the Sermon on the Mount, and it's the most powerful, it's the most impactful sermon ever preached. And it's Jesus' big sermon. He, it's his breakout sermon. He's like, this is the, the whole new way to be human. This is the whole new thing about life. This is how it's going to be from now on in my kingdom. But here's what Jesus does. Jesus is about to go preach an amazing message. And Jesus has been praying up on this mountain all night, like praying all night. And in the morning, he comes off the mountain. You know what the first thing he did? He called together a bunch of people and he, 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 he got a crew. He got a crew together. Look what it says. This is Jesus's crew. He chooses 12 dudes to be his crew. In, in Luke chapter 6, 14 through 16, it says this. Simon, whom he named Peter, and Andrew, his brother, and James and John and Philip and Bartholomew, and Matthew and Thomas and James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, who was called the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. See, if you know anything about these guys, there's, there's nothing really super cool about them. They, they're different. They came from all walks of life. They're not the most amazing, talented, gifted people you've ever met in the world. Like some of them made some big mistakes. Like he's got a traitor. Like he called them and he knew one of them was a traitor. But here's what Jesus knew. 
The beautiful thing is that God has always been at work in bringing people together. See, God is about community. God is about togetherness. Even God himself, as we look in scripture, is a God of community. He's a God of having a crew. He's a God of having a squad. He's, his design for all of creation is that we would do life together, that we would be groups of people, that there would be no lonely people. Elevate, when people come in here and God will open your eyes to see somebody that's alone, your job is to go get them. If you feel alone, let that push you towards people because God has created you to feel loneliness. If you feel alone, your job as a Christian is to go towards people, not to wait till somebody comes to get you because here's the reality. Jesus already did his work to come get you. You're already included. Stop asking for an invitation to something you've already been welcomed into. Okay. I love that. He says, this is a place of inclusivity. It's not a place of exclusivity. You're already welcome. Don't ask for an invitation to something you've already been welcome to. Okay. Okay. So just welcome people in and feel welcome. Welcome people in and feel welcome. But here's what the enemy would love. He would love to keep you in the chains of isolation because here's what he knows. He knows that if you'll find the right crew, he knows that if you'll connect to the right group of people, you'll unlock your full potential as God's child. He knows if you can get connected with the people that you're supposed to be connected with, your life will be so full of unfolding potential day after day after day. See, you were created. God created you to find a crew, to need a crew. But God also wants to break the chains off your life of isolation. God wants you to be connected. Many of you in here tonight have, a, have an assignment. You have something powerful that God wants you to do in the world. But if you keep that to yourself, it may never get done. But to unlock God's full potential that he has for you, you need to find the right crew. See, God always works through relationship and your crew can be the key to unlock God's work in you. And so show me the closest five people in your life and I'll show you your future. Show me the closest five people in your life, and I'll show you. I'll be able to unpack for you by the life of the people that I see around you. But here's what the second thing I want to say. Just because you find your crew doesn't mean it's the one for you. See, some of you guys have, have, have found a crew of people. But I would, what I would encourage you to do is evaluate the people that you've chosen to do life with. Because just because you find a group of people doesn't mean it's the right group of people that God has for you. Psalm 1-3 that we just read says this. It says, in all that he does, he prospers. You know what that tells me? He's talking about the person who prospers in this life does not hang out with the wicked crew. Like, I don't know what the wicked crew is that he's talking about, but I think you can imagine what the wicked crew is in your life. That crew that, that influences you instead of allows you to influence it. That crew that when you hang out with, you have to change your behavior just a little bit because you know you, 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 you don't think you'll fit in. It says the thriving person, the, the prosperous person is somebody not hanging out with the wicked crew. But sometimes that's hard to see. I brought a picture of asbestos just to give you an idea of what I'm talking about. Asbestos, 
back in the day was seen as this amazing building material. It was this thing that people were putting in roofs. They were putting it in walls. They were, it, it was, it was, I don't know how they found it. I'm not an asbestos expert, but what I do know is that over time, when this stuff started to break down and people began to breathe in the dust of this stuff, it created a lung disease that over time made it hard for people to breathe. And then it gave them a, a discomfort in their lungs and it made their lungs brittle and then their lungs formed disease and then it started to cause death. Because here's the reality. There is a slow fade of something that's toxic. It can seem like the right thing to do at the time, but over time with the wrong group of people, it can become toxic for your life and ultimately become deadly. See, there's a slow fade to toxicity. So you've got to test the fruit of your crew. Jesus gave us a way to do this in uh, Luke chapter 6, 20 through 26. Jesus, in the same sermon that we were talking about a second ago, gives us this idea of what it looks like to test the fruit of a crew. He talks about uh, being blessed for being hungry. He talks about you're going to be filled. Being blessed when people uh, disrespect you and push you away and you'll be comforted. But he also points to this, this other type of people who are all focused on being rich. They're focused on gaining all kind of accolades in this life. And he says, hey, watch out because the stuff that you went for, he's not saying being rich is bad. But what he's saying is that if that's the stuff you're going for, if you're going for selfish gain, if you're going after things that just benefit you, he's like, you got your reward. But you want to be part of a crew where Jesus is their reward. Just because you find a crew doesn't mean it's always the crew for you. But here's what I want to say too. There's a difference between the right crew, the wrong crew, and a perfect crew. There's no such thing as a perfect crew. Like if you find a perfect crew, don't join it. Because like you'll mess it up. I'm sorry. There's no such thing as a perfect crew. And that's why I want to say the third thing I came to say tonight. And it's this. Your crew needs Jesus. Your crew needs Jesus. Turn to somebody and say, you need Jesus. It's true. It's true. You need Jesus. Somebody said, we all need Jesus. Yes, we do. That's why I said your crew needs Jesus. You need a crew. Your crew needs a crew. But what you really need and what your crew really needs is Jesus. Look at the type of leader that Jesus is. Your crew needs Jesus to be the leader. Whoever your friend group is. You know, a lot of time in life that uh, we, we, want, we want friends. Like some of you are like, yeah, I got this. I got my crew and we're doing good. But what can end up happening over time is that that crew, like amazing people, like your boys, like your girls, like these are, these are the people you're thick with. Over time, if Jesus is not the leader of that crew, you'll become codependent on one another. And we were never meant to be codependent on one another. You see, the thing that community is, is a common dependence on Jesus. That's what we're called to in community. It's not codependence on one another. It's not like, hey, yeah, we need each other. But you know who we really need is Jesus. Because look how Jesus is. Luke 6, 17 through 19 says this. He came down with them and he stood on a level place. Come on. Jesus stands on a level place with you. The Bible calls him God with us, not God over us, not God putting his fist on us. It's God with us. 
How many know that you need a leader who can stand on a level place with you even when he's way, he's the most incredible person that ever lived in the whole United world, in the universe, in all the United States and all the other countries and all around the world and all history. He came and stood on a level place with you. That's Jesus. Look what else he's like. He said, with a great crowd of his disciples, a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. And I don't know, I, I know maybe you're like a, like a, geo a geographical historical genius and you know all about those histories. But what is uh, being said right here is that there are people not just that look alike, not just from the same city, but people that came from different kingdoms, people that came from different walks of life. For, for us, it's different socioeconomic, rich people, poor people, black people, white people, uh, uh, cool people, nerdy people, whatever it is, God's calling us all together to be one family, one crew. That's the kind of, kind of leader Jesus is. He brings people together from all walks of life. Those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured, and all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came out from him, and he healed them all. You see, tonight I want to tell you that Jesus is all about fixing broken people. Jesus is all about fixing broken people. If you feel like Jesus, if you feel like your, your brokenness is, is too much, if you feel like you can't, um, you, you have too many problems for Jesus, if you feel like they're too big for him to handle, your view of him is too small. See, Jesus is all into, he's into fixing broken people. And so many times we run from the brokenness because here's, here's what we're afraid of. When a friend comes along that has a lot of problems, we're like, uh, like we, we, we either like don't like it but some of us in here with compassion at heart say, man, I don't know what to do that. I don't know what to do for that person. See, your job is not to fix broken people. Your job is to love them. It's Jesus's job to fix the brokenness in people. See, Jesus will fix it. See, the reason Jesus's crew was uh, uh, so good and the reason Jesus's crew worked out so well is because he was the leader. See, Jesus wasn't, uh, Jesus's crew wasn't perfect, but it was led by someone who is perfect. See, your crew will never be perfect. Your group of people will never be perfect. There will be people that will be mad and you'll get mad and you'll push each other away and you'll bring each other back and make up, but it's just this wicked cycle unless Jesus is the person that's actually leading that thing. He's a perfect leader. Your crew won't be perfect, but there's somebody that can lead your crew that'll be perfect. When Jesus' crew walked into uh, all kinds of situations, he, it was easy to see. If they would walk in the room, you'd be like, I cannot believe he's running with that crew. But they didn't need to be perfect because they hung out with somebody who was. They had a perfect Savior. Tonight, Elevate, you've got a perfect Savior. Jesus was so quick to love. You know, we're like strands of thread. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close and the band can come up. We're like strands of thread. Just imagine yourself as like a piece of thread. I know you're way more than that, but just think with me for a minute. Like pretend I'm holding a, a piece of thread and pretend in this other hand, like your friends are another piece of thread and you're just dangling there, hanging out, kind of stranded together. I know I'm such a dad. Some of you guys, you'll get that later. But you're just a piece of strand, stranded out here by yourself, isolated. And, and you, you find some other strands and you're like, oh, let's hang out together in Derek's fingers. We're just going to hang out right here. But what, what the crazy thing about thread is that you can, you can put thread together. You can put threads together and you can, you can get a, a whole bunch of thread together. You can grab handfuls of thread and just be like, ah, this is so cool. Look at all this thread. 
But until somebody that knows what to do with thread comes along, you will never, you'll never stick together. All you'll do is hang out and separate. If I got a bunch of thread in my hands and I let go of it, it just falls to the ground and it's never connected. But the beautiful thing about Jesus is that he knows what to do with thread. And the thing that Jesus does with thread is he weaves it together and he creates a tapestry out of it. He creates this whole new way of living out of your lives. He puts this thread, people from all types of walks of life, different colors, different textures. Some of you have rough edges. Some of you are really smooth and cool. But what God wants to do is weave you together. See, your crew needs Jesus to be its leader. You need Jesus. Tonight, elevate if you're new, if you're a guest, or maybe you've been here a long time and you feel isolated, you feel kind of pushed to the fringes. Maybe tonight you didn't want to be here, but for some reason you decided to come. I believe God brought you here. But if you're saying to yourself in this moment and tonight you've even had the thought like this, this might be my last time to be here. It's not your last time to be here. See, the reality is that God brings people who feel far from him close to himself. That's his, that's, that's his heart. That's his nature. That's his desire. Him as a leader, he gets down with you. He doesn't say, hey, come up here with, with me so you can just make yourself better. He gets down on your level and he, fix your, he fixes your brokenness. He grabs you by the hand and he weaves you together with other people. Your crew needs Jesus. Don't leave Elevate Student Ministry after you graduate high school with this group of people that you know loosely, but really you're just a bunch of strands that have kind of collected together. And let God weave your group of people together. And if you are someone in here tonight and you've never felt brought in close to God, let me plead with you to feel this tonight. Let me plead with you to feel that this has been a setup, not by humanity, not by Pastor Dominic, not by Miss Jackie, not by the worship team, not by anybody else, but this has been a divine setup for you to be encountered by God and for you to encounter God in his presence so that you would know that there's a God, so that you would know that he loves you, so that, he, so that you would know that he wants you close to him. He wants you to get this. And so tonight, if, if you're in this place and you say, man, I, I, I have felt isolated from people and I have felt isolated from God, in just a minute, we're gonna stand and we're gonna worship. I want you to, I want you to surrender. I want you to surrender to God. I want you to say, God, here I am. If, if this is true, let him prove it to you. And you might look to people for God to prove it to you, and God can do a lot through people. But man, this God will encounter you with his presence. He'll encounter you. He'll bring you close to his heart. He'll show you who he is. He'll show you how much he loves you. And here's why I'm so adamant about this. Here's why Pastor Dominic's so adamant about this you guys getting the fact that we're not just here to make a bunch of noise and be collected together. God's calling us to be woven together because here's the last thing I want to say is the world needs your crew. You don't just need your crew. Yeah, you'll benefit from having friends. Like your life will be more fulfilled. God has created you to have community, but the world needs your crew. 
See, God doesn't just weave you together and make you this new beautiful piece of cloth out of your, the strands of your life. What he actually wants you to do and wants to use you to do is change the world because the world sometimes is a dark and lonely and cold place. He wants to use this community like a blanket, like a tapestry, like a, a beautifully woven piece of cloth. And he wants to put, put you around the shoulders of the world. He weeds you together because the world needs your crew. Would you stand with me all over this place tonight? If you're not already in a community group, if you're not already in an e-group, I think we're living in a day and age where if you're not in a crew, like if you're not in a group tonight, man, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. Like a group is not just so a student ministry can grow. It's so that you can be connected. But it's also so through your connection, you can be part of God changing the world. That's what he wants for you. So I'm going to pray and we'll just go into another worship song. But tonight, I want to challenge you in three ways. If you feel far from God tonight and you've never been drawn close, like I don't know how much more proof you need than me right now in this moment and you being set up by God to be here. I don't know what the circumstances of your life that, that brought you here tonight. Let this be a moment of God saying, hey guy, hey girl, I'm calling you to myself right now. This is me getting on your ground, on your level. I wanna fix your brokenness. I wanna draw you close to me. So tonight, if you feel far from God and you've never trusted Jesus as your savior, if you've never said, yeah, man, he's the, he's the savior of my life. If that's you tonight, get it right tonight. When the music starts playing, come right down here and then tell somebody about it. If tonight you feel broken, you've made so many mistakes, you feel like you've, you've run far from God, it's like the circumstances and decisions you've made in your life have pushed you away from him. Man, come down here tonight. Let him, let him, let him hold you. Let him, let him put you back together. That's what he does. He fixes broken people. If you're broken tonight, like I'm broken tonight, I need him to put me back together. When the music plays, like don't let this moment pass you. Like surrender to this moment. Let the Lord take your heart, put it back together. The third thing I want you to do, I don't want you to leave here tonight without figuring out how to be part of a group. Like if you're not, if you don't know that you're a part of a group tonight, do not leave this place disconnected. Connect with groups of people. Yeah. Make it real. Make it formal. Sign a sheet of paper. Tell a leader I'm part of your group. Like I'm, 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 I, like I'm, I'm not apologizing anymore. I'm not playing games with people anymore. Like I'm recruiting you to be part of changing the world. God wants to unlock your full potential. Elevate. He wants to do it through you locking arms with the right crew. Let me pray for you. We're going to worship. Heavenly Father, I thank you that your people, Lord, have been brought together, but not to be stranded, not to be loosely held together in, in, in a, a hand of a certain type of cool environment. But Lord, your people have been brought together to be woven together by your spirit, by your hand. So God, I pray that Elevate Student Ministry would go from, Lord, I pray that they would burst at the seams. God, I pray that this student ministry would explode like it's never seen before. God, I pray for 200 people to be consistently in this building week after week. 
200, 250. God, I pray that these there would be more people in groups than can fit in this building. God, I pray that there would be a level of commitment to you and to elevate student ministry that these people have never seen before. God, I pray that the passion level would increase. Lord, and the communication level would increase. Lord, and the power and impact level would increase in this place. Lord, every heart that's far from you tonight, God, I pray that they would say yes to you, bringing them close to you. Lord, I pray that relationship with you would be ignited and reignited tonight. Brokenness would be healed tonight. And lives would be changed. And the world would be changed through these students. We love you and we thank you.